Welcome to the Soul Studio for Your Career podcast, helping you evolve your career from the inside out. Hi, this is Lisa Espinosa, spiritual career coach and author, and this is episode three. Welcome everyone. I want to start a little differently today. So wherever you are, this is not exactly a meditation. We're just going to do a little invocation, just calling on all of your souls and my soul to be here leading this space, leading this conversation. So bringing your hands to your heart or just your awareness to your heart, I'm doing the same. I'm just asking your souls, my soul to guide my words to guide your heart, to lead anyone who's meant to hear this podcast, to lead them here, and to encircle our container with this beautiful healing light, beautiful golden healing light. And by this container, I mean this podcast. I mean everyone who is hearing this podcast, whether you're hearing it in 2019 as I launched this, or whether you're hearing it years from now understanding that this is a divine container, a transformative space. And I invite whoever is meant to listen to it, we ask spirit to lead them here. So if you are here, I trust that you were led here and thank you for listening to that call. And I want to also remind you why why we're doing this, right? Why evolving your career from the inside out? Why following your soul's guidance instead of just relying on your logic. And I want to remind you that doing it this way, that committing to following your soul is the most efficient way to evolve your career because your soul knows the details of your life's mission. Your soul understands and knows what you came here to do in your whole life, but specifically, definitely in your career. Your soul knows your soul's gifts. Your soul knows the ideas, the innovations, the new methods that you came here to birth in this planet. So checking in with your soul, developing a practice, a committed practice where you are ongoingly and regularly tuning into your soul's guidance is efficient, is wise, and is part of what's going to help our planet to heal and evolve. So that's the other piece of this, that it, it may sound, it can sound self-indulgent to the egoic mind, right? Oh, to tune into your soul, that sounds like, you know, your ego mind, your logical mind might say, well, that's for when you have time. That's for later where, when I'm not as busy. I want to invite you to explore that thought and to understand that your soul is with you now when you're busy and when you're not busy and that your soul wants to be part of your life in this moment, that connecting with your soul is meant to be the most natural thing to do. It doesn't require special equipment. It doesn't require special training. It doesn't require you to be in a special location. It requires commitment and it requires practice. And that's why I'm doing this podcast. That's why I do the work that I do. I am actually just helping you remember something that you already know how to do. And I'm sure you can look 
at our planet and understand all of the challenges that it is facing. And there's going to be many roles that humans play in, in healing our planet. And absolutely one of those comes through your career, but not just through letting your logic lead the way. It is through people who are committed to expressing their soul's gifts, expressing their soul's medicine in their career. That is what's going to heal all of us and heal our planet. So I want you to understand the importance, the sacredness of this journey, that it isn't self-indulgent, that it isn't naive, that it certainly isn't woo-woo, some people might use that label, that it is courageous. It is a radical revolutionary act. And I'm so happy that you are here. Today's teaching is all about self-compassion, the role that self-compassion plays in evolving your career. And this is one of those teachings that, well, like everything else is a practice and like everything else is something that you can't take for granted. So it's not like I'm like, okay, I've got that covered. I am totally compassionate to myself. I don't have to ever think about that again. Sadly, that is not how it works. Um, It is something that is an ongoing practice and it's something that is so, what am I trying to say, so uncommon. It really takes discipline to stick to it. And what gives you the discipline is when you understand why it's important. So the first thing I want you to understand about compassion is that that is one of your soul's qualities. Your soul is infinitely compassionate. Yes, it's compassionate to others, but absolutely it is compassionate towards you. So in your journey of connecting with your soul, in your journey of becoming more aligned with your soul every day, part of what that means is that you start to embrace and integrate your soul's qualities. And the quality of compassion is one of the most essential ones for you to practice. So... That's one reason, right? To know like, okay, self-compassion, again, it's not self-indulgent. It doesn't mean entitlement. When you're self-compassionate, it doesn't mean that you're saying to yourself, I could do whatever I want and it's all about me first. That's not what it's about. Self-compassion is meeting yourself with respect, with love, with unconditional love, with tenderness, with gentleness. And also with fierceness, a fierceness that comes from this belief in you and what you have to offer. So the other reason that compassion is so important, and they're, they're intricately connected, these reasons, is that, that when you are aligned to your soul's guidance, your soul is going to guide you to do things that make you feel vulnerable. Your soul is going to guide you to take risks. Not reckless risks, your soul is not putting you in danger. However, your soul is absolutely going to lead you past your comfort zone. If you're feeling comfortable all the time, then you're not growing, right? By the very nature of being committed to evolution, being committed to growth and transformation, you know that uncomfortability is going to be part of it. So for example, well, a lot of my clients work non-traditional hours, you know, whether they're therapists or they're entrepreneurs, or they're life coaches building their practice. They are. They have some level of freedom in their work. 
And this makes sense. I mean, first of all, logistically, I knew when I started my coaching practice that I wanted to you know, work during the day so that I could be home when my kids get out of school and really be present to them. So that cut out a lot of people from, uh, you know, who had traditional work hours. But also I, I've learned, I understood as I kept doing this work that your soul, of course, is always with you, whether you have traditional work hours or not. But when you get to that point of having more flexibility in your work, there is more space for innovation and creativity. There's often more space to create something totally new. And those are the clients that are coming to me. And what's interesting is that even if I see clients, because I do have a few clients who have traditional work hours for sure, but they have some level of independence where they can either schedule a session with me during their lunch hour or they can kind of have a flexible schedule where they have some days where they work from home or they um, can leave work early. So again, there's this ability to create more than when they were in the more traditional workforce. And what I was going to say as well is that even when I have clients who come in with very traditional work hours, often as we continue our work together, that changes whether they get a promotion or they get a new job, then suddenly, again, their world opens up. So I say all that just to paint a picture. I mean, you might see yourself in, in those scenarios or you might be in more of a traditional workspace, but know that your soul is guiding you to shift that. I also want you to understand that my clients, as their soul is guiding them forward, what risks are their souls guiding them to take? For example, if they are a therapist, their soul might be guiding them to do something as simple as start each of their sessions with a meditation. I remember a client who was a therapist, very successful therapist, and she was feeling her soul guiding her to bring in more spirituality. And one of the really specific steps that she was guided to take was to start her sessions with a meditation. And that might not sound like this really radical, risky thing. But for her, it was a big step. You know, she worried about clients feeling uncomfortable or clients feeling like she was turning weird or um, just judging what she was doing. So it took courage for her to try it. And it was, you know, the first couple of times there was a lot of uh, refining of the process. There were times when she was going to try it and then she didn't. She kind of backed out of it. There were times when she started and it was a little more awkward than she had intended for it to be just because she was feeling her own insecurities. There were some clients that were, it wasn't like pushback exactly, but were, you know, had questions for her. And of course it triggered her insecurity, like, oh my gosh, maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. But she kept going, eventually it becoming something that was very integral to her practice. And the clients learned to really appreciate and welcome and want and need and then integrate into their own lives. So where does compassion fit into all this? Well, you know, the first time she tried this and it didn't go perfectly how she would have wanted it to go, what was her inner dialogue? Her inner dialogue 
started to be, oh my gosh, this is so dumb. Why did I do this? Why didn't I do it better? I should have prepared more. Maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. Maybe that wasn't my soul that told me to do that. Maybe I'm pushing something on my clients. What if I caused harm? All of these thoughts. Now, none of them are bad per se, but the tone, the way she was talking to herself, it was a form of berating and it wasn't helpful. And the interesting thing, of course, is that if she were talking to a client, she would have never talked that way to a client. She would have really affirmed her client's courage, would have listened with compassion to her worries. And then, of course, at some point would have gotten to the kind of troubleshooting aspect of it, right? Of like, okay, well, how could we uh, refine this process? So when she came to see me, it was really me extending that compassion to her, but most of all, having her connect with her soul and receive her soul's compassion and start to practice that compassion for herself. Basically, to start learning that she has her back, that when she goes forward and takes risks, when she goes forward and follows her soul's guidance, that she knows that no matter what happens, afterwards, she's going to be gentle and compassionate and loving and like a mama bear to herself. And that is going to give her the fuel, the courage to keep going. So that is why compassion is an essential quality when you are following your soul's guidance. The number one thing that stops people from this path is their own feelings of insecurity, of unworthiness, fear of rejection, fear of being humiliated, fear of being laughed at. Because guess what? Those things can happen very much, many times. I mean, when you think about all the great inventors and innovators of the world, the great thinkers of the world, they always met with resistance in the beginning and and throughout their career. It's part of the process. And when you're doing this, if you're meeting yourself with criticism, with judgment, It is going to be very hard for you to continue moving forward. So how do you practice compassion towards yourself? So there's a couple of things. I'm just going to share with you a simple process, which really already you've talked about in this episode, but just to make it a very clear framework for you. The first thing is what I said earlier to remember that compassion is a quality of your soul. So within you and all around you, You have your soul's compassion. So when you are committed to the practice of having compassion for yourself and the world, but for now, I really want you to focus on compassion for yourself. Understand that you're not bringing this in from out there somewhere in the universe. You are calling it forward from within your heart, that it is already in there, this compassion towards yourself. So that's the first thing. Second thing is to absolutely remember that this is not self-indulgent. This isn't about entitlement. This isn't about not being reflective or curious about how you can get better about what you do. So I want you to understand that because a lot of times people confuse that. They, they have this belief that, well, if I'm compassionate with myself, that means I'm never going to get better or that means I'm going to become this really selfish person. And can I tell you that that is nothing is further from the truth? When you are truly compassionate with yourself, then you can really extend compassion towards others. 
And this is so essential. There will be another episode where I focus more on uh, becoming even more compassionate towards the world. But no matter how compassionate you are now, and I know that all of you who are drawn to this podcast are kind, caring people, there are always those people that trigger us, right? There are always those people that we judge. It isn't pretty and we might not want to admit it. Or you might feel very um, okay with judging certain people. We might feel justified in judging people, judging people that we judge are judging others. Of course, as you continue on the spiritual path, you realize that that is not helpful either. And again, I'm not saying that we just say that other people's behavior is fine, but we start to understand that when we are in judgment of ourselves or others, we literally block our ability to receive our soul's love, our soul's ideas, our soul's solutions. So as you're practicing compassion towards yourself, true compassion towards yourself, it becomes almost impossible to have judgment for others because you start to be very honest with yourself. You start to really see yourself and see the times when you are withholding love from others. And you're able to do that because you are compassionate with yourself, because you don't have shame about, oh my gosh, there's this part of me that really dislikes that person. I must be a bad person. I know that you can have compassion for that part of you, that you can be very honest with yourself and say, I really judge this person. I have judgment. So help me with that. So... That's the second thing, right? To understand the sacredness of self-compassion and how it's going to help you help others in a greater way. And then the third step or the third thing to remember is that the way you practice self-compassion is by the way you talk to yourself, your inner dialogue. Start to pay attention to the tone and the words you use and start to shift them if they do not make you feel supported and uplifted. And I'm sure that there are many times when you feel kindness towards yourself, or I, or I hope that there are. However, it is those times when you are showing courage, when you're taking risks, when you're sharing your blog with the world, when you're you know, trying a new modality, when you are stepping out of your comfort zone and you have so many insecurities that is when oftentimes our ego can be the cruelest to us, right? Can be full of judgment and criticism and some that might sound justified. However, if you don't feel better after you talk to yourself, if you don't feel proud of yourself, if you don't feel like, okay, I'm going to keep moving forward, then please understand that your soul is helping you to evolve the way you speak to yourself. So I have a couple of tips here. It can be really helpful to talk to yourself out loud. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but if you are really like, okay, I know I recognize that I want to be more compassionate to myself. I recognize that if I do that, I'm actually going to be able to move forward in my career a lot faster and just with more success. However, I feel really stuck. So it might be very helpful for you to out loud say the things you're saying to yourself in your mind. Hear yourself saying those things. 
If that's a little too much, you can write them down without censoring. Write them down. And then imagine yourself telling this to someone you love, to your daughter, to your best friend. Imagine using that tone with them. And I also, one thing that I did recently with a client, she was talking about, she just had a lot of judgment of herself about what she labeled her lack of organizational skills. And she works from home part of the time. So I was asking her, well, what happens when you're at home? And she was saying how part of her frustration was that she was trying to be so organized, but actually what would happen at home is she felt scattered. And she was having a hard time just being present because if she was doing, for example, if she was doing paperwork that she needed to do for her job, she was thinking, I need to be making these phone calls. And if she was making the phone calls, she was thinking, I should be doing billing right now. And so she was kind of in this circle of just never feeling confident what would, with what she was doing, always doubting herself and doubting how she was using her time. So I asked her, well, what are you telling yourself as you go through your day in your home? She's like, well, I've done, because we've been working together for a while. And she's like, I've done a lot of work. I'm, I'm much nicer to myself now. Well, what am I telling myself? And she's like, well, I'm saying you don't have a lot of time. You need to hurry. You need to get that done. Don't forget about the billing. Don't forget about those phone calls. File those papers. You got to hustle. She's like, and I'm kind of saying it. She's like, I'm not saying it mean, but I'm kind of like snapping my fingers. You know, I'm, I'm like, come on, you don't have time. Let's go. I'm looking at the clock. And I was like, huh. And I first, you know, uh, acknowledged that this was a great improvement to when we first started working together, where she could be very, her self-talk could be very vicious. But I asked her, well, imagine that you're there at home and you actually have someone there, another person. And this other person is walking behind you saying these things, saying, come on, you need to hurry up. You don't have a lot of time. Look at the clock. You need to do the phone call. You need to do the paperwork. You need to do the billing. Let's go. Hurry up. I'm like, would that be helpful to you? And she's like, oh my. And she's, I want to say something about this client. Like a lot of my clients, she's very sensitive. I mean, she's, she's very strong. Sensitivity doesn't mean weakness. But she is a highly sensitive person. That's part of what makes her really good at her job. She's a therapist. And she said, that would drive me crazy. That would make me nervous. That would make me go slower, actually, because I would be so, yeah, just anxious hearing that. And I was like, well, that's, that's what you're doing to yourself. And we're doing, I do similar things. And that was really an aha moment for her, like, oh. And I was like, well, what would you want to say? What would your soul say? Let's say it's your soul following you around, which, by the way, of course, her soul is doing that. Um. But of course, she can't hear her soul when that inner dialogue is so loud, that other dinner, inner dialogue that's saying, you need to hustle, you need to hurry up. And she's like, well, and she paused, you know, brought her hands to her heart. And she's like, well, my soul is saying is you're doing such a good job. Look at all that you have done already. Look at how much you've grown and evolved. Look at all the people you're helping Look at your commitment to this journey. Enjoy this moment. Be present. Let me help you. Connect with your angels. So it was a very different energy. 
There was so much compassion, so much grace, and so much presence. And she just felt her body relax. And from that session, you know, she kind of came up with a mantra, an affirmation to, to practice as she was in that situation. So that is an example. Of course, for you, it will be different. But when I say, you know, connect with your inner dialogue, I really mean that. Really see what it is you're telling yourself. See if it really does help you. Is it your soul speaking to you? Or is it a part of you that has good intentions and believes that this is the way forward, but that you understand this actually is keeping me stuck? This is keeping me scared. This is making it harder for me to continue to take risks and step out of my comfort zone because I'm afraid of the rejection I'll feel afterwards. I'm afraid of how negative I will feel towards myself. Because let me tell you something. Although you might think that your biggest fear is what what other people are going to say, I used to feel that about Reiki. You know, I am a Reiki master. And when I started Reiki, although I believed in it because I had experienced the benefits of it, I didn't logically understand how it worked. And I thought people were going to think I was a little crazy when I tried to explain what it was, you know, that I'm channeling healing energy. Even just the word channeling, I was uncomfortable with. So it was absolutely, I hated the question in those beginning months and beginning years after I left teaching where people would ask me, oh, you're not teaching middle school anymore. What are you doing now? And I would fumble around and try to explain. And when I got to Reiki, I just would over explain because I was trying to make it legitimate. And a lot of times people did have odd responses, you know, whether they just looked puzzled or like, well, how does that work? Or I was, of course, overly sensitive because I was already worried about their judgment. But that really wasn't the hard part. The hard part was what I would tell myself afterwards. It was my own self-talk that made this difficult. It was my own judgment of like, oh my gosh, people are going to think I'm crazy or oh my gosh, that was such a dumb explanation. I should have explained it better. All of that. So as I started to practice self-compassion, and of course I needed to work with my coach through that. And I started to understand, I have my back. And I started to understand, this takes a lot of courage to be doing this work, to put myself out there like this, to go do presentations and talks about this. This takes a lot of courage. I'm proud of myself. And every time this is, I'm getting better at talking about it. That gave me more courage and more fuel to keep putting myself out there. Beating myself up about it, that was not working. All right, my friends, I really want to invite you to notice where in your career you have the most judgment towards yourself. Because that is the place where your soul is calling you to have more compassion. That is what's going to get you unstuck. So just ask yourself, where do I need to be more compassionate? And in today's soul's meditation, we're going to do that. In today's meditation, I'm going to lead you to ask your soul for guidance about where you can extend more compassion for yourself and to ask your soul to remove blocks that you have towards expressing that self-compassion. And as I always remind you, if it isn't safe for you to do the meditation, then just come back and do it at a later time. And if you want to have a journal with you, that can be really helpful as well. 
So start taking some nice cleansing breaths. And as you do so, bringing your awareness to your lower body, your hips, your pelvis, bringing your awareness down to your knees, your ankles, and your feet. And in your mind, see beautiful roots of light going down your legs and out the bottoms of your feet deep into the earth and set the intention of releasing tension, releasing distraction, releasing anything that could get in the way of you being fully present here with your soul, knowing that the earth will recycle and compost whatever you let go of. And then breathing in from the bottoms of your feet, beautiful energy of renewal and strength and presence. Moving up your feet, up your legs, up the back of your spine, the back of your neck, all the way to the crown of your head. So you're feeling very present and grounded. And now bringing your awareness to your heart center right at the center of your chest bringing the palms of your hands over your heart center, relaxing your shoulders, relaxing your elbows, and setting the intention that you are now receiving from your soul. And you can say that in your mind or say it out loud. I'm open to receiving from you, beautiful soul. And you can imagine your soul filling your heart, your body with beautiful light. Remembering that the most important thing you can do to evolve your relationship with your soul is to receive from your soul. So as you breathe in and out, just allowing yourself to receive your soul's unconditional love, your soul's wisdom and guidance. And now thinking about self-compassion, asking your soul, beautiful soul, where in my career Show me where in my career do I have the most judgment? Again, show me where in my career do I have the most judgment? Where in my career do I have the most judgment? And as you receive that guidance, you understand that that is where your soul is guiding you to show the most compassion. That as you do that, this part of your career will start to transform, evolve, heal. So as you stay present in your heart, now asking your soul, beautiful soul, help me release any blocks I have towards self-compassion. Help me to release blocks, beliefs, old burdens that keep me from extending self-compassion to myself. Again, beautiful soul, help me to release blocks to self-compassion 
and just receive your soul's light, you might get awareness of what those blocks are or you might not. Trust whatever shows up for you. Knowing that your soul always answers, but sometimes you're not aware of the guidance, you're not aware of the answers or the healing until a later time. So just breathing in. As you breathe in, see the compassion in your heart start to grow and expand. You can see it as this beautiful golden light of compassion that's starting to overflow from your heart. You don't need to understand how this happens logically. Just being open to this process. And as you breathe in and out, feeling that compassion that's bubbling up inside of you, know that this process will continue long after this meditation is over. And bringing your awareness once again to your lower body, your hips, your knees, your ankles and feet. Feel the earth underneath you. If your hands are over your heart, relaxing your hands next to you. Taking some nice cleansing breaths. As we bring the palms of our hands together in front of our heart. And we bow to each other, we bow to ourselves. And we end this meditation with a namaste. Namaste everyone. Thank you everyone. It's always such a joy to be with you. Most of all, I want to remind you that nobody else has your soul's medicine. It is unique and it is so needed in the world. Go out and share it. If you want to explore the possibility of me mentoring and coaching you as you evolve your career from the inside out, I would love to talk. Go to my website, lisaespinosa.net, go to the Start Here page and read all about scheduling a private breakthrough session with me where I will help you get clarity on where you are now and where you want to go as far as your career. And if it feels like we're a good fit, I'll share with you the details of my different coaching programs. Talk to you soon.